Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Protein Bites podcast. My name is Adriano. The topic of today is recovery. What is recovery? How do you recover? What does it all mean? Uh, I want to break down some of the some of the uh, the core principles of recovery when it comes to resistance training and exercise. Also, um, mental recovery. So that might mean um, sleep. That might mean uh, reducing stress. Various other things to combat mental stress. Um, sorry, mental recovery and physical recovery. So. The first one I want to cover is uh, training loads and recovery. You might have heard a term called uh, overtraining. Yes, it exists. Yes, it's real. People deny it, but people are also stupid and people don't know what the fuck they're talking (laughs) about. It's a real thing. Uh, Overtraining can be a mental response, so a psychological response. Or overtraining can also be a physiological response, so a bodily response. Now, with recovery, and if you know your recovery, overtraining might not be a problem. Overtraining can be specific. You could do one set, and because you're so stressed mentally, um, that's too much. So you're not mentally recovering. So therefore, you're overtraining. So I want to start with the basics. If you're new to health and fitness, um, or if you're advanced in health and fitness, I kind of want to delve into a couple of those today um, in in terms of training loads. So let's say you're new to the gym. You should be doing a whole body program for three days a week. It should be strength-based. You should be within the 6 to 12 rep range. If you are the average Joe, and we are talking normal, normal, normal. Okay? If we're talking somebody that is a regular height, regular build, um... Male or female, um, it doesn't matter. At the start, you should follow a fairly generic program, three days a week, whole body. The reason for this is simply because if you do a bro split, a bro split is chest and bicep, I mean chest and triceps, back biceps, legs. They call it a bro split because that's what a lot of gym bros will do. They'll do a chest day, arm day, etc. And they call it a split because it's obviously split into different body parts. Now, the reason why we don't do a bro split is because if you're somebody that's new to the gym, you might miss a day. So let's say you do chest, back, and legs on a Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but your friends want you to come out on Friday, and you say, fuck it, I'm not going to do legs. Uh, So then you just do chest and back, and they might rinse and repeat for a month. You might not hit legs for a month. Therefore, therefore your body's not going to grow with the rest uh, sort of in proportion, I suppose. So if you do a whole body session, you'll be hitting enough body parts every day. So you'll be hitting your chest every every second day. You'll be hitting your back every second day. You'll be hitting your legs every second day. Therefore, you will grow in proportion to the rest of your body. That really, really helps with technique, um, overall structural integrity, and a myriad of other beneficial things for yourself. It also keeps your training simple and allows for a good amount of recovery and also allows you to train with a relative intensity without burning out too much. By burning out, I mean if you hurt after a leg day and you can't sit down on the toilet, I don't think that's a good leg session. Some people do. I don't, personally. I think if it's a difficult session, that's a good session. I don't judge a good session by how much pain 
you endure the next day. I don't really think that's positive for the average Joe. For a bodybuilder, fantastic. That's their job. That's their life. Most of the people listening to this podcast aren't trying to be bodybuilders. We're trying to be healthy, happy individuals. So with that being said, if you're an advanced guy and you want to do a four-day, four-day is more than enough for the happy for the average person. Or let's say if you're a bodybuilder and you want to do a six-day split, you do push-pull. So push being the um, predominant m- muscle groups in push are your shoulders, triceps, chest, and it's any motion where you'll be pushing. So a bench press, a push-up, that sort of jazz. Then you might follow it by a pull session, anything where you'll be pulling. So that would be your back, biceps, rear delts, a few other things. Any movement where you're pulling, that might be a chin-up, it might be a row, various other movements as well. But anything where you're pulling is a pull day. Then leg day is pretty self-explanatory, right? You'd be doing legs. And you might do that if you're an advanced lifter and you really enjoy that sort of training, training six days a week, which I do. I do a six-day split. Um, Just make sure you recover adequately. And recovering adequately would mean, you know, um, in this case, would mean I do strength at the start of the week, then higher volume at the end. Um, Higher volume, lower reps. I mean, higher reps, sorry. Um, And then strength at the start of the week. The reason why I do strength at the start of the week, because it's the most... Uh, draining to the central central nervous system. If our central nervous system isn't recovered, by the end of the week, um, our sessions aren't going to be better. We're not going to get stronger, and therefore we're not going to build any muscle. Because if we're not getting stronger, our muscles aren't going to grow. Well, look, some people would debate that statement, but let's keep it simple. If we're not getting stronger, we're not growing. Okay? I look at performance as an indicator of muscle growth because it's very, very hard to determine how much muscle you've grown week by week. Um, photos are a great indicator of that, but to keep it simple, I look at performance and performance being strength increases in the weights that you've, in the, um, exercises that you've been prescribed. So with that being said, that's an advanced, uh, intermediate, um, a client, a few clients of mine, clients of mine do a push pull in the same session and then legs, push pull legs. They're guys that have been training from anywhere from three to five years, if not more, but haven't made training a priority. For the last few years of their life, uh, they've trained, but on and off, they have a moderate amount of muscle. This could be for ladies as well. Um, this is a great training split because you can do Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and two days off as well. So it allows adequate recovery time for your upper body and lower body and allows your central nervous system to recover as well. So you can go hard as you want on both of those sessions, I find, and it gives you adequate time to recover. Now, what I mean by recovery in this sense, I mean central nervous system recovery, but it also mean allows for your muscles to repair and therefore get stronger, therefore increasing your strength the next session. So let's talk. We've done um, sort of training loads and recovery. Um, I think just to round off, I think personally, if you are too sore after every session or your performance isn't increasing, you need to drop the loads or hire a professional. But if you're just to keep it simple, if you're not increasing in your strength and your performance, I'd be having a look at your training loads, either increasing them or decreasing them. Chances are, if you're doing over 15 sets, I'd probably decrease the the, the amount of sets you're doing. Um, and I wouldn't be training to failure. I'd be training six to 12 reps. Um, if you're training, if if muscle, if hypertrophy is your your goal, um, so I'd be looking at dropping down the uh, the training. Um, overall load, so total sets. 
Um, and so moving on to, I guess, mental recovery. So there's a bodybuilder called Ben Pekulski. I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the stuff that he says. I do as well, which is kind of weird and stupid for me to say. However, I find because I've done a degree, in, I've got a degree in psychology. Um, he kind of talks about the nervous system and it's your ANS and your PNS. Um, your he talks about what is it? Your fucking your fight or flight. Um, I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about right now, but I'm just post gym. That's not a very good excuse. <laughs> your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. There you go. So your fight or flight response. He talks about um, being able to um, turn those off and on. So essentially, what you need to do to keep it simple with those days, right, is in order to recover your your central nervous system, um, because let's say if you're constantly stressed, um, your central nervous system, one, is not going to be able to recover because – Cortisol, your body's stress hormone, is constantly ripping through your body and tearing down muscle fibers. So with that being said, um, including uh, recovery days and rest days uh, into your weekly schedule is really, really important. That's why a lot of people stress uh, rest days being included in your week um, as, as a very important thing because – if you're not resting and recovering physically as well and mentally, um, you're just not going to perform as well in the gym. So let's say you work five days a week. That means Saturday and Sunday finding things that are that are enjoyable or active recovery days where you might be walking down to the beach, taking in some, some vitamin D, um, and just doing stuff that isn't going to stress you out. So this might be going to the movies. This might be um, – like I said, going for a walk, this might be spending time with your family and friends, anything really, anything that doesn't involve training um, and that isn't high intensity, so um, sprints and that sort of stuff. An active recovery day and going jogging, to me, isn't an active recovery day. Active recovery day is more or less exploring and enjoying your time out and um, eating enough food to replenish your body and allow for recovery. So keeping it high protein, high carbohydrate, I think, and relatively moderate in fat, it's a good way to keep your your Sundays, Saturday, Sundays, or your rest days. So in order to reduce mental stress as well, I'd be looking at, um, or in in order to recover um, psychologically, I'd be looking at, one, sleep. So that would be getting your eight hours, and if not having a siesta in the middle of the day, if you can. Um, I'd be looking at maybe getting a sleep tracker, um, but that can also look at your REM sleep, so your rapid eye movement sleep. Rapid eye movement sleep is the most common, the sleep most commonly sort of associated with um, neurotransmitter reproduction and function, um, consolidation of memory, that sort of stuff. Um, and your deep sleep is most commonly associated with your physical recovery. So those two are good indicators of whether or not you're physically and mentally or psychologically recovering from your workouts and from your week as well. So look at those indicators. I think a sleep tracker is great in that way. If you can't fork out for a, for a sleep tracker, fine. Don't. Uh, I just recommend going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time every day. So that might be you might be going to bed at 7, 8.30 and waking up at 4.30. That's fine. Um, but making sure you get eight hours of high-quality sleep. Um 
going to bed, having a shower before bed is a really good one. Um, having a hot shower as the heat will go to the outer layers of your, your skin um, and take away, and, 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 and obviously um, the blood, sorry, the heat, the blood will go, will revert from your, from the, your core um, and be pushed out to the, your, your skin um, and therefore dropping your body's internal temperature, which will allow you to sleep better. If, if you're colder, your body is able to sleep more. The warmer your core is or your core temperature is, the harder it is for you to sleep. Um, there's some good um, information on that out there that I just don't have the links to right now. But having a warm shower before bed will allow your core temperature to stay colder and allow you to sleep a lot faster. It won't necessarily change the quality of your sleep, but allow you to get to sleep a lot faster. So that's going to stop you from being able to need the like melatonin and that sort of stuff. If you do something with melatonin to get to bed, um, you might want to look at having a hot shower and sleeping in a nude uh, before you do continue with that sort of stuff. So in my books, those are my top tips um, for mental recovery and sort of physiological recovery as well. Um, another sort of part of recovery um so we've got sleep we've got training loads so adjusting training loads um we've also got active recovery days so days that aren't spent working or sleep or um or training those are really really good ones and then we've also got uh, your diet so eating high protein and supplementation as well so if you're eating fairly high protein um that could be tofu that could be eggs that could be chicken that could be beef pork, lamb, whatever you want to do, as long as you're getting in um, one and a half to two grams of protein per kilo of body weight, that's enough to recover from athletic performance. And I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb that has been tested, tried and tested um, in the scientific community um, as a good number to have to allow for proper recovery. Also a big one, chewing your food. So allowing for, if you want to reduce bloating and that sort of stuff, making sure you're really chewing your food before it goes down, that will do will increase the surface level, uh, surface area of the food also, so make you feel fuller for longer, but also aid in digestion, so reduce bloating. Another thing, um, lastly, is going to be a supplementation. So things like L-theanine, an amino acid that is associated with reduction of anxiety, um, better sleep, I'd be looking at ashwagandha, a product that is aimed at reducing cortisol levels in the body, um, or cortisol regulator, they call it. And um, what else? I take a bunch of B vitamins, zinc, and magnesium also for recovery when I sleep. Um, a good one to look at would be Dr. Dean's Sleep Stack. Um, if you can't buy that product, go on um, go online to iHerb and get those individual products in their specific form um, because those forms of those vitamins and minerals are, um, have better bioavailability, which means um, an increased ability for your body to actually use them. So you, let's say your normal, your normal zinc that you get from a chemist um, might be a 5 out of 10 in bioavailability, say it's a 30 milligram tablet, you might only take in 15 milligrams of that. Whereas if it's another um, a better bioavailable source, you might take in 20 to 25 milligrams of that. So that's what better bioavailability means. Um, but yeah, 
those are my that's my little quick snippet on recovery. I hope it helps. Um, I hope I'm getting better at this podcast stuff. I don't really feel like I am, but like anything, I'm going to keep trying and keep putting out these little nuggets for you guys. I hope you enjoy them. Um, I'm feeling quite relaxed after my gym session. I hit a a decent back session, um, and I've been tracking a lot of my progress. So I've been coaching myself. That's been an interesting process. In between coaching clients, I'm finding I have fucking minimal time for myself, which is interesting. But I won't bore you with more of my shit. Hopefully that helps you guys um, figure out what the fuck recovery is because you're going to hear it a lot. But uh, I just want you to know that those are sort of the four pillars, right? Your sleep, your training loads, your diet, and then your what you do in your off days and scheduling in off days. So I hope that all helps. I love you all. Please let me know what you guys would like me to do next time in terms of a podcast, and I'll have a crack. Okay. Bye for now. But not forever.